Welcome to the Digicom Cafe, located at the intersection of faith and technology. We hope you enjoy your cafe experience where we cater to your digital and spiritual appetites, and build interest in the amateur radio hobby, one story at a time. Please stand by as we get ready to launch this episode of, Radio on the Rocks. You are about to listen to a Radio on the Rocks Cafe cast interview, which occurred on March 30th, 2019 in the Digicom Cafe on Zello with Denny JKD5DLJ and guest Nick KC8ORW of Richmond, Ohio. Alrighty, KC8ORW, KD5DLJ. Uh, good to talk to you this evening, Nick. How did you get into amateur radio? I actually got into amateur radio at about 10 years old. I got a Raider Shack scanner and was listening mainly to aircraft and different police communications over the years. And uh, there was a local ham club about 20 minutes from where we lived that uh, had a net every morning and got listening to them. And they would always advertise about having uh, you know the meetings down there at their at their clubhouse and uh, doing testing. And I uh, talk my parents into taking me down and letting me uh, go to some of the classes and I took and got my first uh, ticket which was a novice. And you were how old when you got your novice? I think I was 12 or 13 when I got my novice and uh, kind of ashamed that I only kept it for a year or two and never uh, really did much with it and then about oh, 98 or 99 I decided that uh, I wanted to get back into radio and went and Went through the whole process again, got my uh, technician license, did that for about eight, nine years, and had a bunch of friends that were always playing on HF, and after being at field day all the time and just wanting to go do that from the house, I finally went and set and got my general license. And in the meantime, I'd spent a lot of time building kit radios and repairing electronics. Well, I know that there's uh, many aspects of amateur radio that we could spend our time with, uh... A lot of folks just uh, like the technology, like to build kits like you're talking about, and uh, don't ever really pick up a microphone. And then others are just users. They like to talk to people and uh, make friends, but they don't really care to get into the kit side of things. Uh, which side of the fence would you say you're mostly on? Kit building, technology side, or actually communication? I pretty much like doing all of it. Uh... I've always had a, a fascination with electronics and building kits, and uh, I have a lot of fun doing that, but I also enjoy the, the communication side and actually enjoy you know, helping people get into the hobby as far as building kits and you know, furthering you know, some of the stuff we're doing. It's uh, The past few years, you know, with this new digital radio stuff coming out, all the hot spots and uh, getting people into Zello, it's, you know, it's always been a, a real hard cry getting people to say this is real radio and they don't seem to understand this we're communicating it's the same as hf you know when the bands are down you can use this it's you know it's another media and i wish people would get you know understand that just because you can do it on a cell phone doesn't mean it's not amateur radio it's still amateur communications in the essentials yeah it is kind of hard to <laughs> lead people to this watering hole uh, it's surprising. It, you know, it seems like you would think the older people are the ones that would dig in their heels and say, no, this isn't real radio. But I've been running into a lot of younger people that are saying, no, this is not real radio, and they want to stick with the old, old methods and technologies. So it's not really an age thing. I mean, I'm 67, and I embrace it completely. 
Uh, I've got, as you know, in our Digicom Cafe multi-mode system here, we've got All-Star, DMR, D-Star Fusion, Hamshack Hotline, Pnet, Zillow, TeamSpeak. Uh, we've got it all here, and I love using most of it, although I'm kind of spoiled with Zillow lately. What's your favorite one? Where do you like to hang out the most? Well, if I'm home, usually you'll catch me on HF, uh, either on phone or I tend to be a you know, real, real big PSK junkie. I've been playing with a lot of the digital modes, uh, trying to get in a little bit with the FT8. Just haven't really learned that one too well yet. But you know, on the weekends, I'll I'll run the Riddy competitions, the PSK competitions. I just you know enjoy the digital modes. But I've kind of you know, due to work and the fact I travel a lot, I've done uh, quite a bit of portable QRP work with the digital modes, and I find it works very very well uh, in those kind of conditions, especially with you know compromised antenna, very low power you know radio. And uh, again, I'm bringing my kit building into that because a lot of the radios I take portable with me are kit radios. Well, it sounds like you uh, have taken what you've learned in amateur radio and applied it into your career, too, probably. You might talk about that a little bit. How has your experience with amateur radio impacted and affected your career? Uh, just being the fact that I'm into the high technology and you know electronics, it does help. You know, I do heating and cooling work uh, for a living now. Uh, but quite often I use what I've learned in the fundamentals of radio and electronics to further my career. And also, you know, for years I, I was a tower climber, worked on cell tower and that type of equipment. And it really opened up a lot for me, you know, as far as that, because I was working around the same kind of mediums I was wor used to working with when amateur radio. The same principles apply, you know, as far as antennas, coax, feed line, all the grounding issues. So it's kind of, it's helped me both ways learning everything. I'll bet. Well, I hear you on the uh, IRN, International Radio Network, system often, talking with guys. We've talked before. Um, I haven't heard uh, any any particular stories about how you have helped someone other than helping them get into ham radio, but, you know, a lot of us uh, use amateur radio for emergency communications like Skyware and such. Have you ever uh, had the chance or opportunity to use your amateur radio skills in an emergency situation to uh, help someone else? I've been a Skywarn spotter for, I'd say, the past 15 years. Uh, don't live in Ohio here. We don't get a lot of, you know, storm activity, but we have had a few tornadoes. Uh, do a little bit of reporting with that. I actually went, uh, during 9-11, I was in New York for two months helping with communications down there. It's been a, a lot of fun, just some really strange, you know, incidents that have happened. We do a lot. Uh, our local county uh, has the amateur radio as part of their emergency preparedness drills. So every year we do the drills with FEMA. We practice alongside the first responders and have a really good relationship with them, actually. Yeah, I'm sure they appreciate working with hams, especially hams that are trained and know what they're talking about, know what they're doing, which is an, a really important thing that uh, hams need to hear about more often and that's to put yourself out there go through the training uh, learn how to run a net uh, learn how to identify uh, cloud formations and severe weather learn how to read radar all that kind of stuff so uh, when we're trained and uh, experienced and come to uh, the scene of emergency it's uh, very welcome at least that's been my experience because i'm into sky warning stuff here too what would you say is uh, probably the most exciting experience you've ever had in amateur radio, whether it's uh, some rare DX station or uh, individual that you met that was uh, 
quite a life-changing encounter. That's hard to say. I've met uh, quite a few famous hams over the years, you know, in my career. Uh, I think probably one of the, the most fun I've had with radio was about 12 years ago. I was uh, flying back from an air show and had taken the uh, FT-817 with me with a rubber duck on it, just stuck beside my chair in the cockpit. And it actually made, I think it was almost 70-some contacts in a half hour on 5-2 simplex from 20,000 feet. Those times are fun, aren't they? I went up in the IDS tower up in Minneapolis one time. That's not the biggest uh, uh, building in the world by any stretch of the imagination, but how exciting to go simplex with a little handheld running uh, one watt up that high, line of sight, being able to talk to people, you know, almost 100 miles away. That would be cool doing it in a plane. Very interesting. Well, describe uh, your shack at home. What, uh, what does it look like? What kind of gear have you got? Well, I've got every, my shack is kind of a, a hodgepodge of uh, different equipment. I've got everything from an older Yezu FT920 with a uh, 811 Ameritron amp sitting there up into a flex radio feeding into an amp and uh, quite a few kit radios. Uh, some of the latest stuff I've been playing with is the uh, MMDVM uh, DV Megacast you know, network radio. I've been messing around with that a lot recently and uh, some of these MCHF uh, kit radios. I've got quite quite the collection of those due to uh, getting a few friends into kit building and getting into these radios and everybody that uh, has never done surface mount before making mistakes and they tend to wind up on my shack to be uh, repaired. Sounds like a really interesting shack you've got there and uh, kit building is definitely uh, quite an experience. You don't see too many kits around these days though. Back in the day, I built a whole bunch of Heath kit uh, equipment, SP-102, SP-200, linear amplifier, 630 station console, electronic keyer, HW-8, and uh, those were rewarding times. But it sounds like you do stuff uh, from scratch. Do you actually design your own circuit boards too? I've done a little bit of circuit board design, uh, mainly for interconnect boards and you know, relay boards for the amplifiers, things like that. But uh, I've done, I, one of my crowning boards I built was I built a electronic ignition for some of the antique engines I play with to emulate a Ford uh, buzz box. I wanted something small for, you know, kind of a, a kit uh, quarter scale model engine. And I wanted it to look original, so I had to build my own circuit to be able to hide in a little wooden box there to have the high voltage ignition. And, uh, I've spent a few years, you know, back and forth with the design on that to the point now we actually have a viable board that I'm thinking of actually having sent to a board house to be made uh, so I can actually sell uh, multiple units. Wow. You're a pretty creative guy. Have you ever had the thrill of uh, leading a young person into the hobby and helping them get their uh, their license? Yes, I've uh, got a few neighbors where I used to live. Uh, their sons were 13, 14 years old that... Uh, were in Boy Scouts and wanted to uh, get their merit badge for it. And we went up, uh, our club actually went up and set up a station for their uh, Boy Scouts on the Air event. And six months later, a couple of them came through our club's uh, event and did their uh, tech license. Awesome. Well, I've got a couple of grandsons uh, just a mile down the road here. The oldest one is 11 and the other one is eight years old and they both are studying to get their tech license now uh they've got five kids in the family 
and they're homeschooled. Exceptionally bright kids, and uh, I've been working on them here for a while. They come over and they listen to what I do here in the shack. Exciting times. I can't wait to see them get their licenses and uh, join me in this hobby. Well, if you were to uh, be talking to a young person and they said to you, well, Nick, why should I get a license? I mean, look at the technology. Now, we got Zello. We got all these other different applications for communications uh, outside of ham radio. Why should they get a license? I think for one, you'll, you'll learn, you know, some of the radio technology and some of, you know, what it used to be in the past and what it, where it's going to today. And, you know, it's a great emergency preparedness thing. You know, when all else fails, amateur radio is always going to work. Everybody thinks, you know, cell phones and all these, you know, commercial radios are always going to work. If we ever have a major disaster, it's going to be the old tube equipment that uh, might have to be brought back on the air. And I go to a lot of these antique engine shows I go to. I set up a ham radio station alongside of my radios at every show. And you won't believe the amount of... Uh, it's middle-aged to younger people that come up and usually ask what the N10 is or what the radio is there. And they hear these strange voices from faraway lands, and they're just amazed that, you know, we can talk to people in other countries. And I've had quite a few in the past couple of years that have come up and, you know, ask about it. And I usually give them some information and uh, try to point them in the right direction, you know, to see about getting their license. And I've actually had a few come back to me within the past year that now have their call sign. Well, that's got to be very rewarding for you. And uh, I hear you out there talking and stuff on the uh, IRN and some of our groups and uh, the assistance you give people. Uh, you're a great example of an amateur radio operator, good Elmer helper and sharing your knowledge and experience so thank you for uh, your willingness to share your story here this evening and uh, appreciate all you do for the hobby any final comments yeah i just i hope the hobby keeps growing i, I see a, a big growth in it in the past few years and i think with you know with the advent of zello and these international radio network and some of these other protocols we have you know it gives these people a way to get on the air and get more involved with it I think having some of these open channels where non-hams and hams can co-join and they can kind of learn more about the hobby and get on the air has been a great uh, asset to the community. Yep, I agree. That's why I'm part of the guild. Uh, share their same vision. And I'm going to do whatever I can to help uh, continue to build the guild and build the hobby one story at a time. So thanks for sharing your story, Nick. 73. Yeah, 73s and hope to talk to you again here soon. Thank you for listening to this radio on the Rocks Cafe cast. Visit our website at digiconcafe.com to see our extensive digital buffet menu and listen to all of the live conversations on our Cafe on Ice stream. Or this and many more episodes of our Cafe cast.